your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. Jage Smooth. You know, here, here, here on the Show Show, we, we don't, we don't sugarcoat, we don't hold punches, we, we tell it like it is. Uh, you hear me say a lot, you know, I, I'm not, not going to hold you here. Uh, so, with that in mind, okay, with that, with that in mind... I'm gonna just come out and say, you know, I I never I never record these immediately after the game because you know I think it was Coach Adam Lechtenberg. I think he said it best, right? Like it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. So the game at 1 p.m. kickoff up there in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, if you watched online, you 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 followed along online, or you made the trip. I think there was there was a pretty good amount of UCO fans, though. I was kind of surprised a little bit there because um, in the most recent road games, hasn't been a whole whole lot. That seems to be about the biggest crowd I think I've seen so far this season on the road. So shout out to those who who made the trip there. Uh, it it you it. I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold you here because it, it, even it has been now approximately two three hours since that time. It is five forty eight p.m. and I can safely say without a shadow of a doubt, this is the most disappointing loss in my time covering. Now you're gonna say this is even worse than when they lost to Missouri Southern last year. Yes, it is because the Missouri Southern loss. Can't be explained away by the fact there was zero deep threat in that, in that football game. <coughs> Missouri Southern knew exactly what Yusuf was going to do for the majority of said football game. And they still would have won that football game uh, if not for an unfortunate bust there uh, under 30 seconds, seconds to go. Uh, I, this, this, this to me here is definitely the worst loss of the season. Uh, I put it well above Missouri Western because Missouri Western, I can live with it because, again, that was the first game under head coach Adam Doral. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of new moving moving parts. Did I think they were going to win that game? No. Did I think they were going to get shut out in that game? No. But, I, again, I can live with that just because of the circumstances. But we've seen this team is a four-game winning streak. Okay, and I, I think what is most disappointing here is the fact what I said, go back to the 40th episode last week, it, the things I said they were able to get by with against Fort Hayes, against Lincoln, 
and against Northeastern State, it was not going to fly during this three-game stretch. And we, what happened out there this afternoon was the same problems that persisted during there that flew under the radar that I, I kept harping on because I knew it would wear its ugly head if it was not fixed. And you look today. Now, I know there was bad wind, okay? I think it was between 20 and 25, 20 and 25 mile per hour winds up there in Topeka, Kansas. Okay, I, 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 I get that. I understand that. Yes, it did probably affect the pass game. But you look at that ball game, uh, UCL squandered an opportunity there on the first two drives. Uh, only it, it, it should be it should have been a ten nothing game. They came away with zero points. They had turnover on downs on the first drive when they tried to fullback dive uh, and try try to get a yard and lost. And then Nikki 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 Covedo, who I mistakenly called Alex last week, so I don't know if Nikki is listening. I do apologize. That was not planned. I'm just so used to saying Alex Covedo over the years now, uh, but Nikki Covedo. Uh, would would miss a fairly easy field goal because the wind was at his at his back, uh, and I, that from that point on it 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 got it got bad there offensively. Uh, it, this was clearly Stephon Brown's worst game of the season. Now again, he's throwing into the wind in what that second, the second and third quarter, right? I I believe is how that worked because UCO would defer so. Uh, and so he did have two picks in the game. Now, one, I do know, as a matter of fact, was because of the wind uh, and because he was off balance while getting hit. But uh, again, it was, just, it was his it was his his worst game of the season. Uh, offensive line. Uh, this is this is the worst game the offensive lines had since. Uh, I don't know who we who we said was said was maybe maybe Missouri Southern. Uh, Cooper McCoy, the guard, tackle out of out of Durant, got beat multiple times in the, in this football game. I think Montreal Lee also struggled some too. Uh, it just it just was not good up front. The run game was non-existent, save for uh some runs at the end of the game by Jace Gardner, who had a very dirty hurdle over over a defender. Uh, again, I'm just, I'm glad for Jace here. Uh, it's just I know it's been a rough season for the uh, for the man. So any 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 time he can he can get some some shine. I'm I'm gonna be sure to to harp on that because again, uh, we 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 know what he can do. So uh, I'm just I'm just glad that he's making the most out of his out of his carries. Uh, but the, the one game was said was was non-existent. I gotta give Washburn that, that defensive line is exactly what I thought it was. And I compared them to the 2017 Dallas Cowboys that give or take a year. Uh, where the D-line got virtually zero sacks, but uh, got the pass rush and was stout against the run. That is exactly what Washburn is, is there up front. In the past game, again, we just, we I, I harped on last week, the corners, the secondary, they they have to bring the A game. That was not the case. Now I do know Jonathan Mosley had a great A pick. I read the play beautifully. Probably should have been a pick six. Uh, he got too close to the sideline. But it it just it just was not there. I mean, there was too many times on third downs again. I don't know if we was in zone. What the deal? Man's wide open. 
Uh, they, full disclosure, they probably should have had a touchdown because Peter Awful, uh, I mean, dro- uh, dropped a wide open touchdown on a third down. It just, again, the coverage was just not there. It's just, it, I don't know what the numbers are. I, I, I have them. I haven't looked at them that, that closely, but it's just, it, it just was not good. It was not good from that standpoint. It, it was truly unfortunate because that that defensive front seven. I gotta give. I, I thought this is a, a weekly thing as well. I gotta give Coach Rashad Sanders there on that defensive line a lot of credit because it, it because of the fact it was not the usual suspects today. It was not Michael Slater. It was not Robert Fuentes who had two. Again, he just. Love Rob, but at the same time, the, the emotion that Rob, he had a personal foul. He was talking too much noise to the Washburn sideline after a, after a sack there. And then he had a, and then he had a, a reference to pass the call, which in my opinion, shouldn't have been called because Hunter Largen had a similar hit early on in the game and they did not call it. So I don't know why they called it there. I think that was kind of a bogus call there. Uh, Rob, but personal foul though we gotta again. It's just it is just gonna happen with Rob. That's just who Rob is. Uh, so the fact that it wasn't those two, it was mainly the aforementioned Hunter Large again. I just this is a guy. I just feel if he keep if he keeps improving, I, there's no reason why he should not be getting a shot at one of the various leagues in the next couple of seasons. He had a great game. Uh, at one point, he was triple teamed and still uh, pushing the pocket there. I, I got to give him a huge shout-out. Also got a shout-out there, Julius Coach, the Arkansas transfer. By far his best game in a UCL uniform. Uh, he had two TFLs. He had a pass breakup. Uh, was just a disruptive force in there. I'm hoping this will continue. And then Calvin Hutchings, the North Texas transfer, one of his better games as well there. Uh, now, I know he did get dinged up, as did several Broncos during this football game, which is which is bad because they lost the game and lost the war. And so you just you just hope it's not too, too bad. I do know Peyton Scott's probably, he's probably done. I just hate to say it because the man got hurt early in that game. They, they literally carried the man off the field. You just, you, you hate to say it for Peyton because he got hurt early on in the season. He battled back. He had that great touchdown run against Northeastern State, and it just, it just, uh, you just, you hate to see it for the guy. Just a, a, a great guy. I just, uh, I, I, I know he was, he was hoping for a breakout season. I was hoping it too for the man. It just, it's, just, I guess, it just was not in the, in the, in the uh, cars this season. Uh, but you also look at the fact though that there was there were several penalties as well. I, I just the holes, a false starts. It just it's just not good. And then special teams, as I mentioned last week, what 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 Fort Hayes almost broke two or three kicks. Uh, Wasburn broke a pump return for a touchdown. Then as a matter of fact, was it James Lecter Jr. Yeah, I had a well of a game. I think he actually set the uh, school career record for total yards of offense. In said football game, it, it just it just was it was it was not it was not good. It was not good because again, it just the issues that persisted during the win streak you could somewhat overlook. It just reared its ugly head. 
Uh, again, you, if you if you if you look at the points you show left on the on the scoreboard, there they sort of had a 10-9 lead entering halftime. Again, I gotta give Coach Brandon Brandon, Brandon Lichtenberg and that unit there because I know. I know they, it's going to say they gave up 37 points. Uh, they gave up technically 30 if they're not counting the pump return. And then even, even then, if you're looking at the turnovers, because they usually did have three picks in, the, in that football game, uh, and punting into, into the win, I will say I had to give David Vargas grade A credit because the, whether he was punting with the win or punting into the win, Another fantastic game out of David Vargas. Now, yes, he did. He might have overpunted his coverage on that on that on that return. But to me, it was just tremendous blocking. And Wasburn's always a program that has a great A special teams unit. Yeah, but it it, it just, I, again the defense, a lot of that was on some short fields as well. Uh and it wasn't it wasn't like this was 50, 60 yard bombs. I mean Washburn did have to earn most of the scores. Uh, so I do give them credit. They also, if you go back to that, when I mentioned Rob had that personal foul, that moved the ball it, it, inside, like, I think around the 10, and UC was able to hold to a field goal. Uh, you just can't say that, that that unit gave UC a chance in that football game. Even in the fourth, when they was down 23 to nothing, Still gave him a chance. Mosley had the uh, the the uh, the pick before that. Connor Johnson, the Harding transfer, out of I believe Lincoln Christian, another fantastic game. He had a few breakups in there. He had a he had a pick, but again, it just was not able to capitalize off the turnovers, and it just it was just the worst day offensively since game one. And you just it, it it's it's. I, okay, I'm gonna say this. I'm not surprised that they lost this game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I just, I'm really not. Washburn, it, a tough place to play. It just, it, it, it just was one. It, and it's not as if I will say Washburn. Washburn's a good team. Okay, I, I will give the Washburn. That's a good solid team. They always are a good solid team. Uh, but I just it is it's disheartening because of the fact I did. Uh, Washburn did not beat UCO out there today. It was UCO that beat UCO out there today, and it's just it's it's tough because I believe the playoff hopes now. It, it it's 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 mighty slim now. But now there's there's still a lot to play for because clearly here you want to finish with a winning record. You can still get to a bowl game. Uh, it just, uh, it, it, it just, it, it's just, it's an unfortunate time to have regression. And, and that's, that's what today was. It is flat and simple. It was regression in a lot of areas where they saw progress. Uh, and it's not the best of signs when you're heading into undefeated fifth ranked Pitt State now. And the I was on a Saturday. New polls have not come out yet, but. Still, I I've seen the stats. That is a that's a very good football team, uh, and and I know we get them at home. We're undefeated at home this season. I really hope that 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 continues. But it it just it was it was uh 
It, it was it was disappointing. I mean, I, it, it was quite disappointing. Uh, there was a lot riding on this three game stress. You, you had to take it one game at a time. And if, if you listen last week, even Coach Doyle said that, right? It, 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 it was going to be a tough, a tough game. And it just, it just, it, I don't, I don't know. It, it was just not. It was not good in a lot of areas. And you just hope, much like the Missouri, the Northwest Missouri game falling down, Missouri Southern loss. They, they they come out there next Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff inside Richardson Stadium, and we see the UCO team that we know they can be. Because, again, we've been harping on this. Coach Bobek, from my head coach, Coach Bobek, harped on this forever. It was the consistency standpoint. I We've seen the full potential of this team, and now anything less is just a disappointment. Like, it's just the way it is. It, it, it would almost be as if... Uh, because basketball season's almost here, right? If if the men's basketball team under head coach Bob Hoffman, we went from MIAA champs to ten wins. Okay, I I who be disappointed in that because we've seen what the team could do at their best ability, and I think we saw that during the stretch. We saw that against Northwest. We saw that against uh. North North Northeastern State, and then we saw that in Spurs last week against Fort Hayes. It is just not seeing that in a big game. It's it's just it's it's disheartening. I I I feel for the seniors on that on that team. Uh, and again, I just hope we're able to rebound Saturday and 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 come out and give uh, just execute better because. I think the effort was there. I never questioned the effort of a UCO football team. I just, I, I, I haven't. It's just the execution was not there, and, and I, it just, it just was not. It was not, not that good. So, I'm uh, gonna going into the recap portion here. Uh, I mentioned before UCO would defer, uh, forcing Wasburn to go. Against the win in the first quarter, uh, however, the the game started off uh, solid for UCO. The Hunter Largen would get a tackle and then followed by a Chase Faber TFL. Uh, would help UCO force a third down after the Peter off a wide open drop. Uh, then UCO would on their first drive would uh, get Dante McGee involved. This might be Don. This is probably Dante's best game of the season. Definitely his best game from a number standpoint since week one. Uh, I they, they brought back the tight end uh, screen to great success. I hope we see that more often there because Dante's had a pretty nice, well, yeah, I guess about two-game stretch, right? Because he had that beautiful sideline catch against uh, Fort A's last week. Uh, like I said, and then at the 6 at the six forty-three mark, Peyton Scott would get hurt and carry, carry off the field. However, that that drive where they converted was a three or four third downs would come to an end inside the Washburn twenty uh, when they failed to convert the fourth with the fourth and one. It was disheartening there because that was a fifteen play drive and the way they were moving the ball down the uh, field there seemed like they was building off what happened against Fort Hayes. Uh, but quickly, quickly, the usual defense would, would, would come out come out there with probably the best three-play stretch of the game for the defense. You had the Calvin Hutchings TFL 
followed by a Connor Johnson TFL, followed by Noah West just laying the wood to, to Peter Awful. He just I'm tell you, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Peter Awful had an awful hard time today. There you go. That's that that is my that is my joke, my pun, whatever you wanna you wanna you wanna call it, my my one liner, my zinger. There it is, okay? There it is. You know it. You knew it was coming. You 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 knew it was coming. Uh, but unfortunately for UCO, you know they had the ball at the wasp on forty seven due to them punting into the wind. The drive ended in a missed field goal. So again, right there, should have been ten nothing. I think if it's ten nothing, this is a different ball game. I I really I really think this is a different ball game because the two stops you could t- again that four again not four days. Gave the Washburn crowd more life. It gave the players more life. And, and I just I just think if it's 10 nothing, we're, we're talking about a much, much, much different outcome. But again, that goes down to execution there. On the fourth down, we've got, you know the stacking line. You got to get the block to get the man the first. That they, during this win streak, Andrew Corny's had zero problems on third and fourth and short. And, and what happens? The man lost yards today. Here we had the field goal. Nicky Riddle was a 9 of 10 on field goals. And, and he misses a gimme. It's, it's an execution thing. And when you're playing the cream of the crop, the execution has to be there. And it was just not there. And so that's something that has to be fixed. Going into Pitt State because I'm talking like this. UCO played a, a a good game, a solid game against Northwest Missouri. Okay, they did not capitalize on all the turnovers in the game as we have discussed. I I I feel it. I feel it in my plums. If they they put a similar performance out there against Pitt State, they will not win that game. Okay, now it, it, I think it would be a close loss. They will not win that game. I Pitt State is the type of team I feel like we we're not. I wasn't gonna say we need a northeastern state level where we just come out the gates and just look like the look like the was it twenty nineteen LSU Tigers. Now that that'd be that'd be fantastic, but we would need to capitalize on almost every opportunity that we get in that football game, and so I just think. There's got to be a focal point here this this week is, is, is just execution, right? It's like we had, and there were several drops in this game. I mean, we had a, on the sheer Kemper screen that probably could have been a touchdown. It was dropped. Okay, we had, you know, chances to make a third and manageable. It was dropped, right? We had runs. If we get to block, there's yards. Like the, the execution was just not there. Um, and and that that was that was a theme of this game. Uh, the final notes of the first quarter, Donovan's the fourth, my guy. Probably the the best catch and run I have seen from this man. Johnny caught the ball. I think it was like an out route. Cut up the field, lowered the shoulder, and pushed through like four or five defenders for a first down. It was fantastic right there. Shout out to Johnny the fourth. Uh, and then at the end of the quarter, Marco Domio had a TFL on a corner blitz. Uh, so again, it was still it was zero zero at the end of the first quarter. The defense playing fantastic football. 
again, I saw it played play well the whole game. It just kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Missouri Western when I think they just got worn down there towards the end of the ball game. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, the UCO would get would get a sack there in their own t- uh, deep in their own territory, but then the Robs called for the uh, like uh, conduct penalty. However, Julius Coach would make his presence known uh, for the first time in the game, really, with a TFL that helped hold Wasburn to a twenty six yard field goal. Looking at three nothing at the six forty seven mark. Now I will say the first half. There was not many drives because both teams went on like 15 play drives, like each drive. So it was a very quick first uh, first half. As uh, so he did, following a UCO punt, Wasburn would have a 15 play touchdown drive going 87 yards, taking a 9 nothing lead at the half after they missed the extra point. It hit the it hit the upright there. Uh, it was a five-minute uh, drive there. UCO would only have four first-half drives. So, again, at that point, at, at that point, you just, it, if the, uh, it, the UCO would be winning that football game if they had scored on an earlier possession. But even at that point, down at the half, 9 nothing, you just felt like if you could get coming, if they could make adjustments, they could get the run game going, which not happened until they put until Washburn put any backup. They could get that going, kind of open up the pass game more. Okay, you felt like there still was a good chance to win this football game. Like, I, I was not at all worried whatsoever in that because it was a two-score game. There was a whole half. I just, I felt good about UCL's chances. However, UCL would come out uh, open. Open up going three and out after Steph uh, overthrew. I think it might have been Terrell Davis or Madison Ridgeway. Uh, the the punt because I think Yusha was facing the win at this point. The punt would go to the Wasburn forty three. Wasburn would then break out a double reverse to Lecter Junior that ran it down. Oh, excuse me, it was to uh, one awful that ran it down to the one yard line. Ever there was a holding call, brought it back to the UCO 26. Um, however, it would not it would not matter at the 1231 mark as Victor Jr. from the Wildcat would hurdle Amonte Davis and making his way to the end zone, making it 16-0 on that drive as well. Calvin Hutchings and Marco Domio would leave the game. I think they came back. There was a lot of Broncos that left in this ball game. It, it was reminiscent of Fort Hayes last week, and Fort Hayes did indeed win this week. Glad for Fort Hayes because he meant again tough season for him. I was happy for him that they got the win today. We will go over that. We got the standings and uh, scores. UCO would, would get the ball, but uh, or Steph would overthrow on a third down that was picked off, returned to the UCO 20, and two plays later, that man, Lecter Jr., again, would get a touchdown catch over Von Derrick, making the 23 nothing, 11-12 mark in the third, so that's about like 14 points, roughly a three-minute time span. Uh, again, that was a throw. I 
that was the win because it sailed on him. Uh, the camera, the camera angles in that game was it was it was not great. Uh, but the, the, even the even the common even even the uh, common commentators said that that ball settled on Steph there. Uh, it's just, it's tough when you throw in the win. It just especially that twenty five mile wins. It's, it's it's tough, and they made it. Yeah, said and it, that makes it even more pertinent that you get that you get a, a run game going, and it just did not happen. Uh, uh, however, however, following another UCO three and out, Jonathan Mosley would get the very clutch pick at the Washburn thirty three. As I said, almost had a pick six there, uh, but two plays there. Unfortunately, Steph was intercepted again. As he tried to go deep, but uh, again, and the ball got caught in the wind. I actually, I went back and rewatched that. He had, uh, don't quote me on that. It might have been. It was either, it was either Madison, it was either Madison Delso or Johnny. I know that's not really narrowing it down too much. Uh, but whoever it was that actually had a step on the defender, but it got caught in the wind. And, and it, it was it fell short and ran right literally right into the Wallsburg defender's hands. Uh, <clears throat> it was it was tragic, unfortunately. There, um, how however the UCL defense would come up clutch again after two TFLs by Julius Coates and Blake Barone. Connor Johnson would get the interception off a tremendous pass rush. Uh. At the 156 board, usually will finally get their first first down of the half. And their first first down in six draws. They would end the quarter by converting a by converting a fourth down to Terrell Davis. So at that point, they was down 23 nothing heading into the fourth. Again, you felt like if they got a touchdown on that drive to open the fourth, uh, and it was still anybody's ball game. Okay. I think that that was the thought process because they they the way the defense was playing again you're looking at here, they had some short fields because of the turnovers. So you're thinking a touchdown there, you're back in the ball game. They had to shuttle for a 41 yard Nikki Cavetto field goal at the 1427 mark. Um, then, however, after a stop because of a Noah West TFL, Peyton Thompson would check in the game, almost throw a pick on his first pass, and did so just two plays later. Um, now, I don't think it was really his fault because he threw it to Terrell Davis. The ball bounced off Terrell Davis and into the hands of the Wasburn defender. Really a spectacular play there by the Wasburn defender to have a concentration to uh, dive and make that pick. Uh, and then Washburn would score <clears throat> less than two minutes later on a 16-yard pass, making it, making it 30-3. At that point, UCO would only have 50 yards of offense since the first quarter. Again, it just was tough sledding there. Uh, following another UCO three and outs when James Lecter would break that punt return for a touchdown there. It was 37-3. Both teams conceded and put in the back themselves when Jace would have two solid runs. And then Diego Richards found the end zone for the first time this season, I believe, on a beautiful one-handed catch. I don't know why you think he ran like a drag route. 
Uh, the ball was, I'm not going to hold you here. My Peyton Thompson, the ball's kind of high. Uh, but the man stuck his stuck his arm out there, wheeled it in, uh, in stride with one hand, got to the end zone there. So, yeah, I'm glad for Diego. Uh, with at thirty at with thirty seven seconds left, they got the touchdown. They were missed a two book conversion, making it a thirty seven to nine loss to Washburn. When we're looking at the numbers here, as I pull it up, uh, on the day UCO thirteen first downs, sixty eight yards rushing, at two point six yards of carry. Yeah, we just it's tough to win games like that. 184 yards passing, one touchdown of three picks, 252 yards off, which was 71 plays. I will say that's misleading because Wasburn had like a 20-something play difference before they conceded there. So just keep that in mind. It was, like I said, it was a Missouri Western type outing offensively today. Uh <clears throat> Looking on third downs, UCO was 4-17. It's just bad. 3-4 on fourth, 1-3 in the red zone. Uh, they were sacked one time. No, that can't be right. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, they were sacked three times. Excuse me. They were sacked three times. This is from a team entering the game that had two sacks all season. Uh, they were one oh one on two and one or two on field goals again. Just gotta get that fixed, man. We just gotta get that fixed because again, we know what this offense can do. We, we we've seen it, and we need to see it Saturday. Uh, Washburn twenty five first downs, one hundred fifty two yards rushing. On um, thirty eight carries, four yards a carry, two touchdowns, two hundred eleven yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks, three hundred sixty three yards on seventy four plays. Listen again, I just the, the defense to me. I said it on Twitter uh, post game. The defense to me did enough to give UCO a chance to win this football game. The much the way they have done the most of the season, you minus that uh, Missouri Southern game there. But the, the, I, again, I have to give Brent Lightenberg their credit because I know I get. I've said it before. I do not care about the yards because they're able to get the clutch stops, the clutch turnovers again, back to back interception that Houston was not able to take advantage of. Uh, there's several quick three and outs. It was not able to take advantage of there. So I just I do want to give that unit credit because I know the scoreboard is going to suggest they had a terrible game. That was not the case. And I I hope we can get the similar similar effort or better effort, similar to what we had against Emporia and or Northwest Missouri on Saturday, because it will indeed be needed. Wasburn 11 18 on third down, 5 of 5 in the red zone. Sat one time, 4 or 5 on PATs. Looking at the individual numbers here for UCO, Stephon Brown 20 or 31, a buck 52 picks, long at 18. Sat three times, Peyton Thompson 8, eight of 14, 34 yards. Uh, one touchdown. I think that's his first career touchdown pass in college. Shout out to Peyton Thompson as well. One interception, long of 10. 
Uh, rushing the ball, Jace Garner on three carries led the way with should tell you. Oh, bless. Excuse me. Uh, which would tell you exactly how that running game was going today. Three carries, 43 yards, long as 16, 14.3 yards a carry. Uh, Antonio Jr. Smith, four carries, 11 yards, long as six, 2.8 yards a carry. Dylan Cottrell, three for four, long as five, 1.3 yards a carry. Peyton Scott, one for four. Andrew Carney, two for three, along with three, one and a half yards of carry. Tafon Brown, 11 carries, net of two yards, along with 6.2 yards of carry because of the sack yardage. And then the Sierra Kemper only had one carry in the ball game for one yard. Then looking at the receiving numbers, Dante McGee would lead the way, six catches, 53 yards. Longer 18. Again, probably Dante's best game from a number standpoint since week one, week two. So shout out there to Dante McGee. We know a dear friend of the podcast. Uh okay, that yeah, this is wrong. So I forget. So since since uh Terrell Davis is traded no yeah, Terrell Davis is traded numbers with Adrian Wilson. So it's still showing Adrian Wilson and but it's it's uh Real Davis, four catches, 45 yards, along with 16. Bazelli, four, two for 19, along with 14. Peyton Hunter, long snapper, uh, two for 16, along with nine. He did have a nice catch on third down, got destroyed. A whole lot of the football there. Peyton Hunter, again, has it's been fantastic as a long snapper this season. Andrew Carney, two for 11, along with seven. Diego Richards, one for 10, one touchdown. Nasir, one for nine. Jalen Cottrell, two for six, along a seven. Dangerfield, two for five, along a four. And Delso, one for three. Oscar Hammond also had three catches, uh, no yard because he lost one on a swing pass. Along a three, Dominic Dunn, one for negative two. Uh, they, I will say they almost had a touchdown pass to Bozell the fourth. It was a great play by the Washburn corner there to make the uh, deflection. It was unfortunate because I was really hoping that Johnny would would uh, would find Pater. You know, he rarely gets those opportunities. So, uh, and looking defensively here, leading the way, Connor Johnson, nine tackles, a pick, a TFL, a Dylan Buckheit, seven tackles, Trayvon Craig, six tackles. Probably his best game from a tackling standpoint. Now he did get hurt. Uh, he ain't had a wrist injury or not, so he came back in the game. Jonathan Mosley, five tackles, one pick, one of his better games. Marco Domeo, five tackles. Blake Barone, five tackles, one TFL. Noah West, five tackles, one TFL. Michael Slater, four tackles, one TFL, one sack. Okay, I guess he had the sack. Yeah, at the time, I didn't know who they was going to give the credit to there. Uh, Von Derry, four tackles. Robert Fuentes, two tackles. Kobe Stevens, two tackles. Julius Coates, two tackles, one TFL. But again, much like Hunter Larkin, who also had two tackles, which is pushing the pile there. Monte Davis, two tackles. Raekwon Wicks, who was back. Glad to, glad to see that. Two tackles. Mike Pope Jr., one tackle. Raymond McGuire, one tackle, one hold on the kick return. Jess Gardner, one tackle on special teams. Oscar Hammond, one tackle. Marlo Hughes, one tackle. 
Tyson Murray, one tackle to half TFL. Zion Bell, one tackle. Zane Adams, one tackle. Calvin Hutchings, one tackle, one TFL. And then putting the ball, David Vargas, four for a buck, 76, average of 44 yards a, a punt, long of 56, the one of 50 or more yards. Uh, so now we're looking here at this week's opponents. Number five, seven and all, Pitch State Gorillas coming off. A, I think it was the homecoming, a 28-16 win over Missouri Western. Now, I will say Missouri Western was up in that ball game 10-7 before uh, beginning down 28-10 for scoring a late touchdown. So, again, this is, this, this, this is showing you there, there is a shot, uh, especially in this season across the league. It's just been so weird to me. Um, so I feel like at, at this point anybody can get anybody can, can be anybody. I'm looking at that at that game. Missouri Western actually had more first downs than Pitt State, uh, 18 to 14. Uh, so Pitt State allowed 119 yards rushing, 3.4 yards of carry, 156 yards passing, 275 yards of offense on 68 plays. Uh, Missouri Western was also 7-17 on third, 1-2 on fourth, 3-3 in the red zone. Uh, Notch, two sacks. Okay. Okay, good for them. Uh, 1-1 on PATs, 0-1 on two, 1-1 on field goals. And then Pitt State, 14 first downs, a buck 48 rushing, 4.2 yards of carry, one touchdown. 187 yards passing, 235 yards of offense on 58 plays. 5 of 13 on third down, 3 of 3 on fourth. 1 of 3 in the red zone, though, was sacked, um, and, uh, knocked three, three sacks, and was all 2 on field goal. Okay. Well, now, either uh, Penn State put a really bad game and still won by 12, uh, or Missouri Western, it, you know, Missouri Western played one of their better games, or, or this is this is something here, because that's, uh, if you look at those numbers, I mean, that, that okay, that's uh, more mortal than you would think. Uh but looking at the overall numbers on the season, though, now I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming this is this is counting the uh, the the game here from Missouri Western. Uh, Pistick coming in averaging thirty two point two points per game, one hundred and forty three and a half yards a game rushing at four yards a carry, two hundred fifty seven yards a game passing. Total offense per game, a little bit over 400 and a half yards a game. They are 42% on third down, 50% on fourth. They have been sacked 15 times. Okay, so that does mean there is a chance to get some sacks there. They're a mere two or six on field goals. Now, okay, this is this is this is really big here. Because we saw what happened uh, for Wasburn today, 
You sure was able to hold them to a field goal there in the red zone. They able to hold Penn State to some field goals here or field goal attempts. This would be very good for UCO right now. I had 23 of 31 in the red zone and 22 of them being touchdowns. And then defensively, uh, they are allowing a a ooh, a very a very low 15.2 points per game. Only 103.8 yards a game rushing at 3.1 yards a carry. So, might be a second straight tough week trying to run the football. Uh, 177.1 yards a game passing. Only 280.9 yards a game of total offense. Oof. 33.3% uh, on third down. 42.8 on fourth have 20 sacks on the season. Uh, have more opponents to 7 of 10 on field goals, 18 of 21 in the red zone, with 13 of them being touchdowns. And looking at their quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown here in the first, Pitt State outscoring foes 63-17. to 17. In the second, outscoring them 98-53. to 53. In the third, outscoring them 73-10. to 10. Good Grief, man. And then in the fourth, probably because they got the backups in there most of the time. Being outscored 42-24, they have allowed only 122 points through seven games. Oh, boy. Uh, and then looking at the record, or eight games, excuse me. Look, looking through the record here, so they beat Central Missouri week one, 21-10, which actually really good loss there for UCM. Went to Kearney, won by seven on the road. That's a very tough place to play. That's where you're going to be playing here in a few weeks. Uh, beat Northeastern State, 49 to 14. Beat Emporia on the road by one. And also a very tough place to play. And Emporia is a weird team. That, that, that's a very up and down team as well. Uh, they beat Missouri Southern 38 to nine. Beat Northwest Missouri by two. Uh, and then beat Lincoln last week 49 to 10 before beating Missouri Western uh, 28 to 16. And looking at the individual numbers here, leading the way rushing 5'11, 183 pound sophomore running back Caleb Lewis leads the way with 617 yards, six touchdowns, 4.7 yards a carry, long of 55, 77 yards a game. I will say he's their main bell cow. Um, their second leading rusher only has 31 carries. That is Noah Hernandez. If that name sounds familiar, he's a jinx product. So uh, mainly a one-man backfield there of Caleb Lewis. Passing the ball, they're led by Chad Dotson Jr., a 5'11", 191 sophomore. So far on the season, he has thrown for 1,980 yards, 21 touchdowns, three picks, 56% completion percentage, uh, 247 and a half yards a game. His top receivers, he's got two over 400 yards, led by six foot 167 sophomore Christian Carter. 27 catches, 408 yards, four touchdowns, long of 46, averaging 15 yards a catch. 
205 senior Bryce Murphy, 20 catches, 406 yards, five touchdowns, long of 72, 20.3 yards a catch. And then you have tight end Devin Garrison, 6'6", 221-pound junior, 19 catches, 288 yards, three touchdowns, long of 64. Averaging 20.4 yards of cast, and then Colby Katsis, 6'1 and 166, registered freshman out of Lincoln Christian, 13 catches, 381, four touchdowns, 29.3 yards of catch, long of 71. So again, corners, and just Coach McGuire, that, that whole secondary unit. Uh, we, we're going to need we're going to need similar effort like there was against Emporia and Northwest Missouri, uh, because this is a team here. They they don't have a lot of catches, but I mean we're looking at three guys at at least twenty yards a catch. Could be tough, man. It it just it just could be tough. Uh, then looking defensively for them here on the season, they're led by. Linebacker uh, 6-1-207 senior P.J. Sarwinski. 56 tackles, 7.5 TFLs, 2 sacks, 3 breakups, 2 hurries. Uh, and then other defenders of note here, they have sophomore linebacker Dubin Aconquo, 6-foot-218 on the season, 22 tackles. Tied for the team lead with seven and a half TFLs. Leads the team with five sacks, four hurries, one forced fumble. So I'm assuming he's like a diamond scene pitch state players. I'm assuming he's he's like a, a, a I'm, I don't know if they were like a, a three four, but he, he's probably that that hybrid edge rusher guy that you know you, know, you I mean you you kind of you kind of know this, but kind of like kind of like what Noah West is would be my guess. Uh, then you have Brandon Stiegel, 6'2", 210, sophomore defensive end. Um, second on the team with four sacks, 20 tackles, six and a half TFLs, two hurries, one forced fumble. Also have 6'3", 258-pound sophomore defensive line. Man, Trent Thompson on the season, 19 tackles, six and a half TFLs. One and a half sacks, and then their best defensive back, who leads the team with their only two picks on the season. That is uh, Antonio Nunn Jr., 5'9", 170, sophomore, 16 tackles, two and a half TFLs, two picks, five breakups, also leads the team. So again, it's just gonna we're gonna we're gonna just need. If if UCO plays the way UCO is capable of playing, then they have a great chance in this, in this football game. Okay, like it's just it is what it is. It's just, at this point, it's are we getting the UCO from the Northeastern State game? Are we getting the UCO from the Emporia State game? Are we getting the UCO from the Northwest Missouri game? Or are we getting the UCO from the Missouri Western game? The Missouri Southern game, the Washburn game, part of the Fort Hayes game. I think that is what 
has to be figured out here in in the last two games of the stretch because e- even if playoffs now are, are slim, there's still a lot to play for. I mean, you went out here. We're looking at what eight and three heading into a good a good bowl game. You look, you've been looking for a nine one season. I don't recall. I don't know. I don't know the last time you had a nine win season. So there's still a lot to play for here. Like this, we, yes, this is a, a, a tough loss. It's it is, it's a bad loss, but like there's still a lot to play for here. Like I, I mean, I, I would love nothing more than for you show to run the table here, get to a bowl, win the bowl, and we can send out guys like Johnny, guys like Dante, right? Guys like Rob, guys like Mike, those guys out with a nine-win season. I mean, that that would be fantastic. So in order for that to happen, though, this team has to play to their potential. We just we need to see that Saturday inside Richardson Stadium again, 2 p.m. kickoff. As we conclude here, looking at the the scores from around the conference. Um, Fort Hayes beat Central Missouri by 13 at home. Again, I'm glad for Fort Hayes. It's been a tough, tough season. Emporia on the road narrowly escapes Missouri Southern, who is an approved ball club, 24-21. And then Lincoln, I mean, uh, yeah, and then Lincoln, I just, you feel for him, you really do, because Let's be honest here. They're probably 21-point underdogs in every game they play. I just felt even worse for them this week because they had the unfortunate task of playing Kearney, who uh, who, who we know got beat last week uh, by 44-21 at home by Emporia. So you know they're going to be mad. And that was the case because they beat Lincoln on the road 66 to 17. I'm genuinely curious now about that box score. It was. It was. I, I want you to it was 28 nothing before a Lincoln scored, and they scored in the first half, to my surprise there. Uh, but at the at the half, it was forty two seven. Uh, then uh, they get outscored in the second half, twenty four to twenty four to ten. I, I didn't know these numbers. I didn't know these numbers. And Lincoln had twenty two first downs and uh, two hundred twenty yards rushing and five yards of carry. What? What is this? Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, hold on a second. They held Curry to four ten on third. Hey, listen. I know they lost the game by a million points, but that, you you got you got to admit for Lincoln that's really impressive. I mean, they, I mean they did allow two hundred seventy five yards rushing and seven and a half yards of carry and six touchdowns. But like that—that's—that's that's really good for Lincoln. If I'm Lincoln right now, but you gotta be—you gotta be proud of yourself here. I mean, I'm—I'm mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, you held T. Now, Grant T. Davis probably didn't have to do much. He's probably done in the first half. But like, 
That's impressive. I, I'm I'm genuinely impressed with Lincoln right there. Okay, I, I, you know what? Good for them. Good good for them because you know ordinarily more 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 victories mean nothing. But uh, in the case of Lincoln, I mean you got to get what you can get there. So okay, okay. Well, that that's a say not surprise. Uh, and then our dear friends in Tahlequah, Northeastern State, lost to Northwest Missouri in Marysville. 36 to 3, at least they was able to get on the scoreboard, which actually occurred in the second quarter. I look at him. Okay. Okay, now I need to check, I want to check their numbers as well. Oh, all the oh, all the numbers is bad. Oh, all the oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. How did they even get the field goal? Okay, I, I had to read these numbers to you. I, 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 I was, oh. <laughs> I had to read the numbers now. I, I feel obligated. We need a pick-me-up right here. I think this is a pick-me-up. So in this game... In four quarters of football, <laughs> in four quarters of football, the Northeastern State, <laughs> Northeastern State had three first downs, two, <laughs> two whispered by penalty. They gained one. Earned first down in four quarters of football. They finished rushing. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm not trying to laugh at them, but like, this is just so bad. It's comical. They had 19 carries for negative 16 yards. <laughs> They have 10 yards rushing. I mean, 39 yards passing with the interception. Damn. Oh, this is so bad, though. They have 23 yards on 47 plays. What? What they, 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 now they, they had 10 punts for 458 yards, averaging almost 46 yards a punt. Okay, then we got some positives. Two inside the 20. Okay. You know, they had one touchback on the two kickoffs. They did not force a single punt in the football game. <laughs> Bro, what is this? Over 13 on third. Now, they were 101 in the red zone. Uh, and they had they had two sacks in the game. They miss, and they forced a missed field goal. Held Northwest to 5 of 15 on third. They didn't allow uh, 28 first downs. 485 yards off. And so, I mean, it, it, I mean, that's, you know, you know, I mean, it's 
Leading pass for 32 yards. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 literally, the leading rushers had one yard. I mean, this is. <laughs> this is so bad, man. It's so bad. Oh. And I'm trying to figure out how. They, like, how. What, they, they, they must have got the field goal on a shorter field or something here. So it's like, how, how are they getting the field goal? I, I don't, okay, okay, I just, you know, you just, you just feel for North, for North, he's to stay, yeah, you think, you think they're, think they're improving, and then, and, and then they go, and they go and turn that performance in, uh, so previewing the games next week, so bad, man, it's just, so, so bad, so very bad. Uh, Lincoln goes to Central Missouri, 1 p.m. kickoff there. Uh, Central Missouri should get their third one of the season. Uh, Missouri Southern goes to Missouri Western, 1 p.m. kickoff, a toss-up. We had a great one down there in Kearney, also a 2 p.m. kickoff. Northwest Missouri at Kearney. That's a very big game there. Uh, Wasburn goes to Northeastern State. Oh, boy. Oh, if Lepter Jr. had a field day today. Oh. You know, you know, you know, maybe Northeastern State come up there mad. And they, and they, I mean, they got to do better than what they did today. I, 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 you, you just, you just figured that has been the case. Uh, and then Fort Hayes goes to Emporia also a 2 p.m. kickoff. As well, looking at the conference standings, uh, Pitt State leading the pack here at seven and zero, followed by a three-way tie for second between Emporia, Kearney, and Northwest. UCO is still, however, in third now. So, uh, okay, so again, so you figure if UCO wins against Pitt State. Right, obviously, either Kearney or Northwest has to lose. That should put them back up there in second place in the conference here. So, again, there's still a lot to play for here. Like, I, I know this is a very deflating loss, and we certainly expected more, but like, there's still a lot of football left, a lot of meaningful football left to be played here. And, and usually, by, by this time, UCO is firmly so far behind that you're just trying to fight just to get to a bowl, but like, there's a, there's a lot to play for here, uh, which is very refreshing to, to say after the past few seasons. Uh, you show it's tied for third with, with, with Wasburn now, which is unfortunate because they have a tiebreaker. Uh, then my follow by Missouri Southern, Missouri Western, Central Missouri, Fort Hayes, Northeastern State, and Lincoln, who probably finished their Second straight winless season, so they're taking Northeastern State spot. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I do want to thank you all for the uh, treatment and warm reception you've given my new videographer, uh, Landon. Man, has done tremendous work, as you all have, have seen there. I, I, I know you all, you've seen it. A lot, of, a lot of the players have seen it and shared and such. Uh, he will be here for the rest of the season. He will also be doing some basketball games for us as well so i cannot wait for that we've got some big things in store uh i can't wait to give you all an update here the office is going to be big for us like behind the scenes 
the offseason is going to be big. I have a laundry list of things that I, I need to either like get done or explore getting done. And I, I just, I can't wait for that to come to fruition. Also can't wait to see how you show respond Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff, Richardson Stadium. It should be, it should be a good one because if, if I know anything, I know, I know good and well that Stephon Brown is, 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 is not going to stand for this. Those leaders are not going to stand for this. And I, I just can't wait to see the outcome. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodall, AKA JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.